What do you want? Screaming queens. Listen, I am two seconds away from calling the police. Screaming Queens Horror Podcast. What do you want? Screaming Queens Horror Podcast to your death. Something is trying to get inside my body, and you want to sleep with me. Better give me those shoes, they're mine. Give them back to me. Well, a, a boy's best friend is his mother. Hey, shouldn't you be folding towels somewhere, sniffing jock straps? It is time to keep your appointment with the Wicker Man. Rubs the lotion on its skin or else gets the hose again. What have you done to its eyes? I see no manhood between your legs. You're going to need death now. <laughs> the living dead. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Get away from her, you bitch. It was an asylum. And it was hell. 20 years of pure hell. The devil wins sometimes. What's that? Welcome to Screaming Queens, the horror podcast with the Queer Eye View. My name is Jonathan Larkin, and tonight I am not joined by the other three of the Screaming Queens. I'm cheating on them. This is the second filthy, horrible episode where I'm, I'm going behind their backs and I've come all the way to Edinburgh to meet up with my favourite expert in Jello cinema and Italian genre cinema in general. And her name is Rachel Nisbet. Hello, thank you for coming up to Edinburgh, coming up crossing the border in these trying times <laughs> in the UK. Managed um, to pass the border control. Oh yeah, I got, yeah. yeah, definitely. Well, I brought my passport. I actually did <laughs> pack my passport. passport. Just in case. I brought my passport, but I thought I thought I might need it for the hotel, but they were just like they were fine. They didn't care. <laughs> they were like, yeah, you're, you're, like, come you're fine. You're fine. Yeah, like, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Um, so the reason I've come to see Rachel is. If you are a long-time listener of Screaming Queens, you'll remember a couple of years ago we did a podcast together. Um, because what what I love about Rachel is that she um, what was the reason I was drawn to her is because she has this fabulous blog. What's it called, Rachel? Hypnotic crescendos. Don't ask me the story behind that because it seems absurd now. Absurd. I, just, I think I just like that phrase. I thought it was a good phrase to describe these films, but now it just seems really stupid when I'm like, oh, hypnotic crescendos. Oh, no, I like it. But it's better than, like, some shite, like, thing that references Shadow, you know, like, some pun or... Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. My Italian horror blog. <laughs> Hypnotic Crescenzos is quite cool, though, because Jally have got a big... Whenever I think of them, a lot, most of them, there's, like, a slightly operatic feel to them. Yeah, definitely. I think that's and that's of, how that sounds. Yeah, how it's always, like, the crescendos of the violence, but also the visuals and whatever, and there's that hypnotic quality. I don't I don't know where the fuck it came from. Because it came, like, years. Like, I think I came, came up with that when I was, like, 20. And really? I didn't start the blog till I was like twenty. I got to give my age away. Wow. Twenty six, seven. Oh, okay. Yeah. So just last year. Yes, just last year. <laughs> yes, I'm not turning thirty at all this yeah. year. Uh, well, I oh, wish God. I was turning thirty this uh, year. I've just turned thirty-eight. Thank you very much. Still got a couple of years off forty. Yeah. You're safe yeah. just now. But I still feel I'm still feeling the the ravages of age. Yeah, this is my second day of a hangover after I decided that on Saturday night it was a good it was a good idea to have a wine tasting night with my friend Laura, who is the world's biggest wine drinker. And I was telling Rachel that we had a nice, dignified evening planned, and by two a.m. we were dancing to SWV and other nineties R and B girl groups in my living room. Which is no bad thing. It's kind of what you want in a night. No, it's true. 
but just true. you know it's the hangover yeah. the two-day hangover that you've had to deal with since yes especially on a long sickness. train journey but like yeah anyway <laughs> i digress the reason the reason i was drawn to rachel and her blog was because um even though i call this a horror podcast with a queer eye view it doesn't necessarily mean you have to be a gay man or a you know or a gay woman or whatever you don't have to technically be an lgbt person to fit into that and what i like is when somebody comes at the horror genre or the or or jelly or thrillers or whatever really with with a a unique and and fresh slant on things Um, and i think it's quite interesting for um you know for a woman to be really interested in giallo cinema italian genre cinema and not just be sort of coming at it with a sort of reactionary kind of, these are all terrible misogynistic oh films. <laughs> y- you know, you call it out when it is. You do call it out when there is misogyny and when, when it does fall into those sort of stereotypical tropes that it's known for. But you also have a genuine appreciation for those films and the artistry behind those films, which I think is yeah, it's, the strength behind what you do, really. Yeah, it's trying to, you know, like, look at them in different ways. And, okay, yeah, like you say, like, you can kind of call it bits that you do feel are a bit... I hate using the word problematic because you know that word gets used for everything nowadays. Yeah. But yeah, like you, when you kind of say bits that you feel a bit maybe uncomfortable about. Yeah. But on the whole, yeah, you do, like I think yeah, women get a bad reputation sometimes for being like yeah, like reactionary mm. or not engaged. Like I think things have changed quite a bit now, but like engaging with horror films, I think yeah. it's kind of for a long time it seems quite like a male pursuit. Yeah. Or I think men kind of maybe challenged by women mm. were in that area. But I think for like you as well, like. Like what's good is like it's all about representation. So you've got the LGBT yeah. like themes, and then I'm kind of coming up from a female perspective. But that doesn't define us as fans. It's like you know no. just part of it, and we can kind of come together and find these new perspectives that yeah, maybe totally. haven't existed before. Totally, and I can also find films that I never knew existed before. Thank you to this woman. Um, and <laughs> That's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and in our in the last episodes, we discussed Patrick still lives, which is the sort of um, trash tastic softcore euro sleaze horror but this time i feel like we've gone a little bit more up market a bit highbrow a bit eyebrow <laughs> this one. For you. <laughs> there, are, there are some wonderful eyebrows in this film actually there are yeah so do you want to introduce this film for us because sorry didn't you you wrote something about it as well on i the did blog? yes i've written two <laughs> two blog entries technically a third one if you count the one i did about telephones so that's that kind of obsessed yes goes to show my love and appreciation for this film so um we're going to be talking about dial help which is by reguero diodato who people will know primarily for cannibal holocaust yeah so it's a bit of an odd one if you're looking at his career because you wouldn't really associate him with something like this but no. it's um it's not a shallow but i think it kind of gets lumped in into mm. that category but it's a, a supernatural horror yeah. based around telephones yes Jenny is the most desirable model in town. Her phone doesn't stop ringing, but she's made a very bad connection. Hello? Who is this? Hello? And no operator can help her. What's going on? Some kind of sick joke. Through the streets of the city. On the subway, even in her own home, she's being stalked. Someone is invading her life. I'm crazy, completely crazy! 
Comment? Sending her messages. Killing her friends and cutting off all communication with those who can help her. Dial help. Come on. In case of emergency, don't touch that dial. Whatever you do, don't go near the phone. Dial help. Starring Charlotte Lewis. So he's famous for doing the washing machine, which came out in 1983, which is... I wasn't that keen on that, you know. It's not... It's not I thought it was a bit boring. It's quite run of the mill. I think the washing machine gets more attention, maybe because it's had a UK home yeah. release. But I think Dial Help is much better. This is better. Yeah. Supernatural, it's or just kind of appliances or electronics appliances. being used. How sounds appliances? Grim way. So the premise of this is um, the British model Jenny is living it up in Rome, when one day she makes a phone call to the wrong number and unleashes spirits that travel through the phone lines. Obviously. Mm-hmm. The spirits want to have Jenny all to themselves, so for all her nearest and dearest, it's a case of sorry, wrong number. That's uh... awful. Yeah. But why do they want Jenny, and who are they? And the answer is we never really find <laughs> I out. I thought you were going to give me the answer there. No. <laughs> but we do have a lot of fun on along the way, don't A we? lot of fun, yes. So this, this stars Charlotte Lewis. Yes, who was, uh, I think she was a, was she a model at some point, kind of prior? <laughs> She was in Roman Polanski's Pirates. Is it Pirates? She was in an episode of the Red Shoe Diaries as well. She was, oh my she god. She was. And she was <laughs> in Grange Hill. Was she in Grange Hill? She was in Grange Hill in the 70s, oh, apparently. Yeah. I just think of the Polanski thing, but no, just Grange Hill is like where it's at, which is probably more credible now than a Polanski film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not the best actress. Right, well, I'm going to say that there were moments in this, this um, film where I found her really convincing. Mm-hmm. There were moments where she was, she was, she, there was a scene where she's recounting what's just happened to her, and she completely captures the ludicrousness of the whole thing, and she's just like, "What the hell is my life?" <laughs> yeah, like this is where I'm at. This, yeah, that's what's yeah, that, no, like, she, yeah, she does do do well in uh in yeah. the film. I think it's just because it's so ludicrous, but also, I sometimes struggle like you know when someone's got that really like plummy like Londoner kind of yeah. English accent to me that almost kind of I glaze over it and I'm like, oh, it's quite like phoned yeah. in, but. Posh girl problems. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So her name's Jenny Cooper, and I thought she was Jilly Cooper for the first half of this film. <laughs> I thought her name was Jilly Cooper. No. No. I've <laughs> So anything that starts with specially curated Power Rock is a winner already, in my eyes. Yes. I love it. Don't answer the telephone. It's got a really good soundtrack. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's um, Claudio Simonetti. Of course. His work, yeah. So after all his famous work was, like, Dario Argento. Did stuff like this. He still, so. he still, he wasn't phoning it in, was he? Uh, <laughs> this whole podcast just made me feel of like really bad phone puns from Johnny. So oh, sorry, sorry. That. I know. No, yeah, it's a good soundtrack. So straight away you're like getting the yeah. measure of the film. Yeah, it's great.
So basically, it starts with her um, walking through old Rome, yeah? Mm-hmm. So you've been to Rome and I haven't. Oh, okay. I thought you'd been to Rome. No, I want to go. Mm-hmm. Would you say this captures, even though it's like 20 years ago, would you say it captures 30 years ago? 1938 was 30 years... Oh, God. 31 years ago. No. Yeah, because I'm 30, turned 30, yeah, so 31, yeah. yeah. Oh. Would you say, is Rome still like this? Well, I have to be honest, like, part of me, like, when I was writing a blog post about this, I could not work out if we were in Rome or Milan. Yeah. I think it's confusing because she's a fashion model. In my mind, I'm just like... Milan. Milan. But, yeah, I mean... Well, I didn't know until she mentions Rome later, like she yeah, specifically like... says. So she stops into, like, an empty bar to use the payphone to mm-hmm. call Mario... Mario, yeah, I think it's Mario. It's a boyfriend. Or boyfriend, or ex. You know, they're having relationship issues. She's a bit obsessed with him, mm-hmm. isn't she? She won't leave him alone. Uh, and she makes a call, and then the call goes through to, like, her old, abandoned... Like a Lonely Hearts hotline. Yeah. Old, that, like, an abandoned place that used to be a Lonely Hearts hotline. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the cleaner is just turning up for work. Yeah. Why is she cleaning in there? Because it looks like it hasn't been touched. <laughs> It's like cobwebs yeah, like yeah. The phones start to attack the cleaner, wrapping the cords around her. They're trapping her in a cupboard. <laughs> they throw her in a cupboard. So already we've had you like phone violence like ten <laughs> yeah, minutes into yeah, the film. Yeah. So it goes batshit crazy basically. But yeah, yeah, that unleashes all yeah. Yeah. Evil. Yeah. Evil spirits. Exactly. Jilly can, uh, Jenny just kind of walks around in a kick-ass blazer, looking gorgeous, doesn't she? She's got like kick-ass blazer, short skirt. I love this film because I like really like eighties kind of like design, and yeah, she's like in that blazer, which I think I went out and bought a blazer like that because I was like, I want to be like Jenny. Wow. Did yeah, you? I do. Like I, I bought a blazer like that, and yeah, it's all like lycra kind of skirts and all black and stuff. It's yeah. Like, she's yeah, she was really cool, like really modelesque. Yeah, she's fabulous. Yeah. She's fabulous. Um, how old were you when you first watched this? I probably was about 27. Where did you come across it? I have no idea now. I think I just kind of went through a phase once I went through all the, like, normal Charlie and all the kind of well-known 80s stuff. I just started trying to find more, like, obscure stuff and I kind of just yeah. came across this. Yeah. Because I saw it on YouTube. Yeah, like, YouTube, yeah. So I think I, mine was a bootleg. Yeah, it should be in my shelf. So it's not officially released by anyone? I think it had an Italian release. Right. But not an English release, which it really needs. So, it if you does. need someone to write about it, yes. you're, I think I'm the number one expert in the world in dial help. I'm just going to position myself as that. So. <laughs> I think she's not lying. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll yeah. do a commentary. Yeah. Should she totally totally interview with Charlotte Lewis? Oh, that'd be amazing. That'd I wonder what cool. she's doing now. Charlotte, if you're out there, get in touch. I think the last time she was about was in some press conference about Roman Polanski. Ah. Yeah, so right. I don't know if she's still working. Yeah, yeah. We just follow Jenny being fabulous for a bit. Just doing her whole modeling thing. Being a model, being fabulous. She goes home to her flat, which is stunning. Lovely. Yeah, it's amazing. Again, like proper late 80s design. Yeah. There's like the big print of her putting lipstick on. Yeah. From one of her <laughs> campaigns that's on the wall. I love that. It's just like, I'm a model, so I'm going to have pictures of myself all over my yeah. flat. Yeah, and she's got a balcony and everything. So it's, it is it is gorgeous. But, right, so. We then see Ricardo next door. Mm-hmm. So Ricardo is her bumbling, kind of awkward, but sort of cute neighbour, isn't yeah. he? He's really floppy haired. Floppy haired. So she just moved in. Yeah. I find this really confusing because <laughs> she's because he acts like she's just moved in, but that yeah. flat looks like she's lived there forever. Yeah, I think that's probably just the magic of Italian design, isn't it? Yeah. It's like she's moved in, but yeah. everything's been beautifully done. I kind of like, think it's weird that like there's a shot I think later on in the film when you're in her bedroom. 
And she's got like the Union Jack bedspread. It's very kind of like yeah. She's this Brit and yeah. Roman I'm a British kind of, character. <laughs> yeah, yes. that fusion of Italian and British kind of yeah design. Yeah. So he's like Ricardo introduces himself to him, and he's quite taken with her. And then two seconds later, he turns up with the two glasses and a bottle of fizz. Yeah, as you do. I like Ricardo's style. Yes. Yeah. Good neighbour to have. Yeah, he is. And so um, this is the first moment when I realised Jenny has like top eyebrow game, and yeah. she's even got a whole photograph uh, print on the wall dedicated to her own eyebrows. <laughs> yeah. Um. So she's like a successful model. She's got an iRobot style mannequin sitting on a in a recliner in her bedroom. Yeah, which, as well. You know, there's like for some reason there's like a lot of films from this period. Well, I think it's just because it was like an eighties design thing where there's like mannequins. Yeah. In people's apartments, which is terrifying to me. But yeah, imagine waking up. To... <laughs> oh my god, is that like on my fucking recliner? There's a psychopath reclined next to me, <laughs> um, and the ultimate sign of eighties sophistication and success is the giant fish tank. Yes, definitely. And it's a big fish tank. It's a big fish tank. And she loves her fish. She named them after the seven dwarves. Yes. Important plot point. She loves... It really is. Yeah. And this is a great line. Hey, Bashful, leave some for Sneezy. (laughs) She's feeding them. Hey, Bashful, don't eat it all. Leave some for Sneezy. She gets convinced to go out to a party with, like, a live band. And one of them is dressed like a Parisian mime. Yeah. Also very light. I don't know. It's, it's supposed to be a nightclub. It's very yeah. like, lightly. Kind of light. Yeah. Um, and this is where we meet Carmen. Yes, her friend. She's a photographer. Who I thought was a manager. Because in the scene, she's like, we need to get you work. And stuff. <laughs> and I was like, oh, is she a like, cool manager? But then later on, she's photographing her. Yeah, I know. It's like, oh. Yeah, I think she's supposed to be a photographer, but just maybe with an invested interest. And maybe they like work together and get... Um, jobs there's a moment in i mean there's quite a few there's a couple of characters in this who seem to sort of blur the lines of what their job entails because there's also a mate what's his name is it paul or mole or something um and, mole like it's like mole is it mole mole is it mole yeah it's like mole but i, I don't know how you, i can't remember even how you pronounce it now it's like yeah mole who's like something to do with, something to do with the fashion industry but he's but also, also like works the phones like, telecom, like, man. <laughs> telecom man down in the like uh <laughs> The underground. That's convenient. <laughs> really handy with the plot. But um, <laughs> Carmen is played by Carola Stagnaro, who's been in quite a few Okay, films. so what's she um, been in? She has been in opera. She plays Alma's mother in that, the kind of almost like abusive... Oh, next door. Mother, yeah, next door. And Tenebrae, she plays the detective. She's <gasps> been in other things. They're the two that I remember, so she's kind of known... Yeah. ...for her Argento yeah. collaboration. Just, you know, minor characters, but... But she's good, though. She's yeah, very she nice, good. isn't she? The character's really nice and they've got like a really nice friendship and stuff, even though Carmen's pushing her. Carmen's that mate who's always pushing Jenny to, you know, go meet her, meet her. Yeah, go guy. and do this. Yeah. And like, but I thought that, so there's like a guy who do really want to meet who's at the bar who's like flanked by women and he's like wearing <laughs> white linen and stuff. And um, he, um, I thought that Carmen was good, just was telling Jenny to go over and speak to him, but Jenny goes one better and climbs up on the piano. Yeah, and then does a kind of dance and... But it doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't, I know, you're kind of expecting it to be a bit more like raucous, but no. Yeah. Um, so everybody's really stylish in this film, even the coat check girl in the club. Yes, yes, yeah, exactly. She's got like red polka dots and stuff. All this kind of, yeah. Again, this is why I like wrote, like, it might seem absurd, but like, that's why I did the kind of almost like, I did a fashion in Italian horror post on this, because I was like, it's really like ni- a nice kind of um, time capsule kind of. of- totally. Some of the styles going on around there. Next car as well, when they all get into that car afterwards. Is it a drop top? 
I don't even know what that means. Is it a convertible? Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I don't know anything about cars. I'm just like, it's a, it looks like a nice, it's shiny. It's yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. No, it is really um, nice. But there's like, it's funny when like Carmen's going on about, um, you really need to meet that guy. Uh, he could really turn your look around. But her apartment looks like she's pretty lucky already. I know, you're thinking like, well, she's got a really nice apartment. Like, she's got fabulous eyebrows. Like, seems to be getting work. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So then she sort of gets to... Um, Oh, so before that happens, before we see the card, the girl with the polka dots gives Jenny the phone, doesn't she? Jenny's, yes, Jenny's got a phone call. Um, and um, there's like that crazy frequency comes out over the phone and suddenly all the mirrors smash. Yeah, it's all like, around something's not right. Something's afoot. Something's going on. Um, and then she gets home, so that phone in her apartment. It's this amazing Giorgio Armani phone, which right. is kind of like a black, almost like a brick, I suppose. It's kind of, I mean, it's made of lucite. Of which? Lucite? Lucite, which I know because I'm a freak who went on Etsy and managed to find somebody selling it and I wanted to buy it and my husband was like, why are you buying a phone we don't even have a landline? Oh, that's no reason not to buy like, it. <laughs> I, know. It's like, I think it's like a hundred and something pounds, but yeah, it's a, a black Lucite phone and it's got like a kind of strip yeah. in the middle. And that lights up when it And rings. it lights up, it kind of goes yellowy green and flashes when you get a phone call and it says Giorgio Armani on it. Amazing. It's very... Stylish. You can tell at the time it would be like the optimum style. You can't tell me see, she's a struggling model then if she can afford that I know, phone. That's true, actually. Like, I can imagine that a Giorgio, Armani fo- a Giorgio Armani phone would set you back a wee bit. Yeah. It's the magic of horror cinema, though. If you think about like when you watch slasher movies, they're always living in ginormous houses, don't they? Yeah. And like no normal character could really afford to live where they live. It's like yeah. EastEnders, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. Like a young woman that lives <laughs> in this like palatial apartment. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No. yeah. And then, um, so we get the impression that there's someone that she's pining for. Yeah. Um, and then she says, sadly to the fish, at least you have someone to love you forever. Aww. But then, so the phone starts sending out that weird frequency thing and suddenly the fish are dead. R.I.P. Bashful and Sleepy. I was looking forward to finding out what all the others were called, but now I'm never going to know. know. They could be called, you know, who knows what they were called. Yeah. Could have so she does what any self-respecting woman would do and she goes to Ricardo next door and says, I'm frightened, come and have a drink with me. <laughs> Hello? <gasps> oh my God. Strange is happening in my apartment. My fish died suddenly. Your fish. And I keep I keep hearing strange noises over the phone. I don't know what's going on. I used to play tricks like that myself. Yes, but look, I feel kind of frightened. Would, would you mind coming and having a drink with me for just a little while? I'd be glad to. Thank you. The more I think about it, though, the more I think I really love Ricardo. Yeah, Ricardo's a great character. He's like, so nice. You know, he's a proper nice boy. Yeah, he's not, he's like, he's not rapey. I thought he might get rapey. Which is, yeah, kind of in these films, you never know which way they're going to turn, but he's not, 
He's a more progressive man. Is he studying angels? I think there's some sort of theology <laughs> type. Like, there's something going on with, like, what he does. Yeah. He's yeah. got a bit of personality, though. He doesn't... No, he's, like, sort of awkward and geeky and cute, I think. Yeah. So she, um... So then she says, would you stay with me tonight? And, um, he gets her a pillow. Strokes her hair as she falls yes. off to sleep. And you're like, oh, my God, actually, Ricardo is actually really nice. Yeah. This is a nice character. And then suddenly... That fucking phone starts to ring Uh-oh. and it hypnotises Ricardo into, for some reason, taking his top off <laughs> yeah. and then going and trying to throw himself off the balcony. Yeah, which is, you know... And I did think I would love a phone that hypnotised men into taking the tops off. But not to throw themselves off the balcony. That yeah. would kind of ruin the whole, That's, yeah, the whole thing. Yeah, I'm to that part of the plan, really. But again, you know, if we're looking at this in a, a more modern lens, a millennial lens, yeah. you could say that it's, you know, a bit different. You know, Ricardo gets his top off first and... He really does, because Jenny yeah. doesn't get her kit off until no, the end. Although there is something I'm sure we'll come to. There's an interesting scene with a, did you, with a guard? No, like a police officer? Yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah, I wrote yeah. that. I made yeah, a note of the uh, dialogue. <laughs> yeah. Um, the film's already sucked me in, because by at this point, I don't want. I really don't want Ricardo to jump off that balcony. Yeah, which so. is quite impressive. Like, you know, yeah, totally. there's enough characterization to kind of make you actually care about yeah. them early on. And luckily he doesn't, because she saves him right at the last minute. Yes. Um, which is good. So, um, she decides that something's going on with that phone. So her mate Mole, is that his name, Mole? I want to say, I don't know, Mole, Mole, Mole? I don't know. It's, I, it's, I think it's spelled like Mole, but right. I don't know if it's just us and our lack of Italian. <laughs> Can any of our Italian listeners out there tweet us and let us know what, what we should be saying? It sounds like Mole when she says it. Yeah. So he just... Maybe ignorant as us, though. <laughs> so he decides to, um... He decides that she'll be really safe if he gets her a very dull phone. So he gets her a phone that won't kill any fish or topless men. And um, he seems to have success. So he seems to have access to the telephone exchange, but is also in the fashion industry. So this is the one we were talking about before. Yeah. Is that like, I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, moonlights or something. Yeah. Just... I don't understand. I put it yet. This must be my starting to feel sick. I don't understand and it's hurting my brain. <laughs> Just go over there, it's fine. Yeah. There's a great, then there's a great section where she's having a photo shoot for like a toothpaste campaign. Yeah. And Carmen says, your breath is so sweet, even roses envy you. <laughs> Which is something you don't really associate with your breath smelling sweet, but you just go over that. Yeah. Um, and then we have the first moment where we see a phone. Is the phone walking? It's kind of like moving. I don't know, it's like slowly, <laughs> gradually like moves forward. So we get the phone's POV like we're watching Jaws and it's the shark. <laughs> essentially. Yeah. So just imagine the horror you must feel at this moment. Yeah. 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 So the phone is moving towards them, but we don't really know what's going on. But then nothing happens at that point, does it? Because no. we think there's going to be a phone attack at this point. But... In fairness as well, it was like a phone attack. You're kind of like, what does a phone attack exactly involve? You're kind of thinking, how are the phones going to actually do any damage? But yeah. that's later but revealed. We, well, they answer Little that do question. you know. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, and then after that, we have um, Jenny and Ricardo coming home together. Has he been like, he's carrying a shopping for her and stuff? Yeah, already. he's been all very gentlemanly. Fast mover, though. Yes. Fast mover. He knows how to win a woman's heart. And that's the moment where she says, it's not easy getting ahead in Rome. So many beautiful girls, all of them models. So we know. But yeah, I, I did make a note here that they really were like moving fast, but then I suppose saving them from suicides is probably a good bonding 
Yeah, a nice bonding experience. experience. Really strange moment where Mel rings her from the phone exchange, which is also in a subway station. Yeah, and it's like amazingly kind of lit, like red and blue and all the smoke's coming out everywhere. And He doesn't say anything that warrants what she does though, does he? He's no. just saying something weird's going on. I can hear voices over the phone. Which, yeah, you wouldn't... I don't know, would you find that that suspect? Well, no, but she then drops the phone and flees the building and gets a cab <laughs> over to the subway station. And then there's an inexplicable long race through the subway station where she goes up upstairs, downstairs, downstairs. along a travelator. Yeah. And seems to be running around for about 10 minutes. Yeah, it's like a proper kind of, like... I think... I really love the scenes in the underground, like, in this film. I think they're, like, proper, like, my favourite scenes. Yeah. But it's it's quite... Yeah, like, it's strange, like, how that comes about. There's literally no reason that she does it. That she goes after him. Well. And then there's Creepy Man and Double Denim. This guy is, like, my... It's not a film that you find particularly scary, I would say. No. But this one guy really freaks me out because he's got that like deep sunken look, he's, yeah, and the he's way weird. he's got like a really strange face, and he's just kind of going along the travelator in his double denim. Yeah, and you're just like, oh, something's yeah not right there because they keep focusing on him, don't they? Yeah, they keep focusing why. on him, and he does have that frightening face. And then yeah. she's going about her business, and he seems almost like magically transport beside her and yeah. like watching, following, and it's. It's, it's, I think it's really well done. Like, it's it proper ramps up the tension. You're like, who is this person? Yeah, yeah. How does that connect to the phones? Like, yeah. he's just really creepy looking. Yeah. It's good. I, I just think, because I'm watching it, sometimes me, me sort of writer's head comes about. And all that needed was for Mole to suddenly go, oh shit, what's that? And scream or something. Yeah. It only needs like an extra line of dialogue <laughs> yeah. to justify why she goes running there. And then I know, because exactly, it's such a good scene, but yeah. you just kind of wish there was something that kind yeah. of maybe made it a bit more, like exactly. it led to the whole high stakes thing in the first place. Yeah. Actually, at this point, I actually rewound to the moment where she was on the phone with Mel because I thought I'd missed a line of dialogue. Okay, right, I was yeah. like, but anyway. So she's running around for seems like ages. She gets a stitch. <laughs> she's, she's really no tired. Wonder, yes. yes. The bit where the man in double denim attacks her mm-hmm. is so sort of awkward the way he does it. That's one of the moments I started laughing out loud on the train. <laughs> and then she's rescued by a payphone that spits coins at the man. <laughs> I'm just laughing because it's like, it's a, like it's kind of something you don't expect to hear every day. <laughs> like, rescued by a payphone that like spits coins and kills them. Does it kill him or maim him? I don't know. I think but it kills yeah. him. I yeah. think it does kill him. Yeah. It's just rapid fire like coins. It's like a Scottish football match. <laughs> and then she ends up on the train, but then the train gets possessed by the ghost because the intercom is talking to her. Yeah. And then she gets off the train yep. and then nearly gets hit by another train. Yeah. It's high octane stuff. It's, I know, it's because you kind of go from like, someone's, this guy's stalking her, he's yeah. really creepy, tries to attack her, practically like, rape her or whatever, and yeah. then yeah. killed by a payphone on the foot, on the train, <laughs> train's possessed, like going crazy, can't get off the train and all the lights are flickering and gets hit by another train it's cool like it's, it's good yeah. like that whole bit of the film is like really like kind of i think that makes you kind of really engage with it it's a great set piece yeah it's a really good set piece and then she escapes i will die by that like yeah. yeah yeah she escapes gets up top and runs to the security guard and she actually says excuse me i'd like to report some debts my two best friends have been killed i think by a telephone <laughs> and then there was this maniac <laughs> And this is the moment where she's reporting to what's happened to, in the last few days to the security guard. Yeah. And the way she de- the way that actress delivers it, I just felt was really believable because I just thought it's utterly absurd, and she can tell she's like, "This is stupid." What am I? I like, yeah, I'm saying, saying there's like a killer telephone after yeah, me. Yeah. 
Basically. And then the guy's response, can I say bear in mind that Charlotte Lewis at the stage is wearing a pair of like black denim jeans, yeah, black boots, a black blazer that I think yeah. and a black top and it's been like ripped slightly. Yeah. But not ripped to like show any breast or anything like exposed. And what does the guy say? Just Well, you shouldn't go around dressed like that. Yeah, dressed like that. Um, I speak little English. Uh, do you speak Italian? No. My two best friends have been killed. I think by the telephone. I know it sounds crazy, but my friend Mole phoned me from the subway and I went to see him and he'd been electrocuted by the telephone. And, and then there was this maniac. Ah, well, how interesting. Continue. Continue. Go on. To get away from the maniac, I jumped into the train. And I'm running through the train and it's completely empty and there's, there's no driver. <laughs> and I, I think I'm going crazy. I, I, and then my fish died suddenly, bashful and sleepy, and I went to Ricardo and... Is that so, eh? Interesting. Yeah, sure. And what about grouchy, grumpy, and dopey? Officer, you don't believe me, do you? I'm going crazy. I've got nowhere to turn. And if you don't help me, then who can help me? I think the telephone wants to kill me. The telephone? Hmm. And what about the toaster and the vacuum cleaner? Uh, take my advice, miss. Go home and get some sleep. And you shouldn't go around dressed like that. Why don't you believe me? She's like fully covered, like with a rip. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a weird like moment. You feel like, was there some sort of like conflict with costuming? And... Yeah. Oh, maybe it was written for a different sort of... Yeah, that could be it. Yeah, because it's such a sort of stir moment. You're like, but she's wearing like yeah. jeans and a blazer. Um, and she staggers home, doesn't she, through Rome early mm-hmm. morning? And Rome, this particularly this moment, Rome looks amazing. Yeah, it really, it's really that scene when she comes up, and it's I don't know if it's like what the location is, but it's almost like a cathedral. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. Like all the pigeons going everywhere. It, that's why I think, again, it's like Milan, because it's like, yeah. looks almost like when you come up at the dome. Maybe it was filmed there. So Paul Carmen in the dark room. Mm-hmm. And this time the phone is moving on its own. There's a great moment in the scene because basically the phones want to kill whoever's a threat to them and has a hold on Jenny. Yeah. And there's a moment where she says, she says to herself, I think I need to take Jenny away for the weekend <laughs> whilst the phone is sat next to her. Just like watching. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like the writers, like they'd said at this moment. How can the phone know that she's a threat? I know. She talks to herself on her heels. <laughs> that's like, that is their solution. <laughs> that, that's, that's the thing, yeah. <laughs> so then she goes up to her gorgeous mezzanine bedroom overlooking the studio. It's all yes. fabulous. It's great. Wonderful, yeah. Fabulous location. This is cut against the first sex scene of the film. Yes. Between Jenny and her phone. Her phone. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. She picks the phone up and it's like it's got a wind machine built in. Cause yeah, it's like somewhere her hair is like flying and it's... There's like sexy erotic electric guitar. Yeah, which, you know, and she has wonderful music. She ends up writhing on the floor with the phone in her dressing gown. And I think <laughs> at, at this point I decided it's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Yeah, you're like, just, you just kind of have to go with it at that point.
so after the phone sex session, she goes and finds Carmen strung up over the jukebox in an amazing flat. So some amazing eighties Euro pop. I need to find the name of that song because I think that will go on my party playlist. Good, good. So like to hear. Yeah. Um. So at this point, the phone actually attacks Jenny in the flat and mm-hmm. starts trying to tie her up, but she gets away. Ricardo says, "There's a professor I work with that might be able to help." Yeah, no, Professor Klein. Um, I don't know if he's like a professor of haunted phones or what, but anyway, they do the only sensible thing and they stop the professor at airport security before he gets on a plane. Yeah, very diligent. That's what we want to know. And he then walks back through airport security without being stopped to, to talk to them. Yeah. And as, he, as he's about to try and explain what's going on, <laughs> the phone... Messes his pacemaker. And it explodes out of his chest. That's it. Dead. Done. Yeah, I thought that was quite gr- quite grisly actually. Yeah, yeah I kind of liked how it took that turn actually. Yeah, it's like yeah. again, it's like inventive ways they can try and like yeah, yeah. murder people using technology. So this is the first moment that Jenny really starts to sort of strip off because I I was waiting for like moments of nudity and exploitation mm-hmm. type moments in this film that don't really come. Yeah, because I think people like tend to di- um to dub Dale Her- Help as a erotic thriller, and you're kind of up until this point, it's a bit like. Yeah. You can't really see it because, like we said before, like, Ricardo's quite you know, progressive as a character and there's not like sex scenes between them and Jenny's quite fully dressed, yeah. even despite whatever that guard says. Yeah. Um, so you're yeah. kind of waiting for when it's going <laughs> to cross over into erotic territory. And then it kind of does. And then it does. Because the phones then tell her to sort of put a little... <laughs> she's got like a basque. Yeah, it's like a basque and stockings. It's like... Basque and stockings and then roll about in the bath. Yeah. That's full of water. And she's got little kind of witchy bits. Witchy boots. I was like, fair play. I was like, I'm liking your look. Again, the look. She extends. looks great. Yeah, she looks really good. She looks fab. And do we see a flash of nipple? We do see a flash of nipple. But it's very... It's, it's just a wee flash. It's, it's fleeting. Not, a, not too exploitative. And the, <laughs> and and the, the bath's like yellow. Like, it looks almost like yellow. piss. Yeah, it's like she's pissed herself in the it, bath. Maybe. Yeah. Um, erotic piss bath. <laughs> I think I made some comment once and I was like, oh, like there's a lot of yellow that punctuates the scenes. And I was like, it's kind of weird because you've got the like yellow in the water and then the yeah. yellow towels. Yes. I don't know if I'm reaching. I don't think it's supposed to be pissed, but it's it's a strange choice. It's very, it is strange. Because it's like quite distinct, the yeah. colour in the water. Things sort of turn, take a turn for the dangerous though, don't they? Because the water starts bubbling up. Yep. The bat's getting hot. It's oh turned into a jacuzzi. It's Patrick loves again it's all over Patrick again. Patrick loves again all over again. And then so she screams for help and screams for Ricardo. Music starts playing. Yeah, yeah, it does, doesn't it? Um, and the really strange dialogue. Rather than screaming, Ricardo, help me! I'm gonna be, I'm gonna drown. She says, she screams, Ricardo, I hate this music. <laughs> just as the phone throws something electric into the bath, so he gets it out just in time. Yeah. Before it all goes electrified, starts a fire. Yeah. Daddy. Um, and then she escapes across the rooftops in her basque. Because she gets tied up, doesn't she, before that as well? Yeah. Hanging by her boot. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. Again, another kind of crazy set piece, isn't it? It's... The flat bends down. And then one of the firemen says, you can come and live with me if you like. Which, you know. <laughs> He's not even hot. <laughs> I know, it's like, you're kind of like, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, to go and chill out, Jenny takes Ricardo to her favourite bar, which is like yeah. a hipster bar. Yeah. And she says, she says, this is when I always come when I'm fed up with fashion and diets. <laughs> <laughs> Which is 
Which we've all been there again with that kind of thing. <laughs> so and we can feel like we feel like some sort of affinity towards Jenny. It's like she's the, the every woman. She has some beautiful dialogue. She says, "It feels like a million telephones ringing in my head, like pins pricking my brain. It feels like I've been rushed into a whirlpool." See, that's good. It's just it's almost poetic. like poetic, it's yeah. Poetic. Um, and then she goes back to where it all began. So they go back, don't they, to to the restaurant where the the empty bar where she made the call. Yeah. They get like a. They, she goes, finds out where to go. The 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 voices beckon her to the empty building across the street. Yeah. Um, Which is an amazing building, of course. It's fabulous. Yeah. Nice old lift in it. She's tied up by some tape. Mm-hmm. Um. She nearly dies, but she gets out anyway. They they get out. There's an amazing scene where she ends up in a phone box that then. Yeah, and the phone box is kind of like shaking. And then falls, and then it's like a runaway phone box. Yeah. And she's trapped inside it. Um, And then she happens upon the realisation that she just has to tell the spirit that she loves them and set them free. Yeah. Which is quite an odd one, because it's almost like you think they're, like, malevolent, but in actual fact, it's almost like... It's like the lonely hearts, it's like the heartbreak, and she just needs to kind of empathise with them. But do you think it's her her loneliness over Marco? Yeah, it's almost like because she's so like lonely and going through all this heartbreak and the people that were phoning that helpline, it's the same thing. So obviously there was like that connection. It's created this energy. Yeah, and they felt like they needed to protect her. So at first you think it's like evil, but they're like, protecting her against people. It doesn't, kind of doesn't really work when it's like people that she cares about. But yeah. yeah, you know, there's something there. Its heart was in the right place. Yeah. Danny! Are you hurt? It's okay. Everything's okay. The number. It's me, Jenny. I love you. I love you all. I want you to be free. So she basically tells the spirits that she loves them and sets them free. And then the great rom-com ending yeah. is where Marco finally calls back. Yeah. And she gives him the number to call, and it's that number. It's brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. She's, like, cursing him for the rest of his life. <laughs> yeah. It's absolutely brilliant. Nice satisfying um, ending. Yeah. So I, I loved it. I thought it was absolutely hilarious. But I thought, in the way that we've talked about quite trashy films in the past, this is got, it's not without its trashy elements. Yeah. But it's a bona fide, really good film as well, I think. Yeah, uh, like, it's enjoyable from start to finish. I think it's yeah. got really good pacing, like, Great really pacing. good set pieces. Yeah. Like, you know, like, some good characters. Yeah, yeah, nice characters. Likeable characters. Um, Very stylish. So we were saying that um, it deserves a British release. Yes. I think that would be a really... I think it's one of those films that a lot of people don't know about, but I think they would really enjoy if, mm. they've watched, if they watched it. Because I think everyone I've shown it, or told about it, have kind of enjoyed it when they've watched it. Um, 
you would be qualified, wouldn't you, to do like a bit of a video essay on it? Planning or... for some work, yeah. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot to be said, yeah. There's a lot to be said, but you are quite qualified for it because you've got some stuff coming out, haven't you? So what, what I've loved mm. is in the last year, I've noticed that you've been doing a lot more work with the likes of Arrow. You've yeah. done stuff with 88 Films as well. Yeah, an indicator, but that was a non-Italian thing. Yeah, do you want to tell us what's coming out in the next couple of months? Yeah, um, so I've got uh, my first visual essay um, on architecture in space in the fifth chord, Luigi Bizzoni's Next Time to Manjago, is coming out in February. Oh, so okay. coming out soon. And yeah. then I've got an essay in the strip Nude for Your Killer release, which is coming out in March. Um, but that's a US-only release. Oh, is it? I didn't realise. Yeah, that was quite a challenge because it was like, obviously strip nude for your killer is very salacious you know all about that yeah, um so yeah. i was trying to like they kind of came to me and said would you write something that's doesn't not acknowledge that aspect but it's a bit more high brow you know takes a bit more of a serious treatment because i think if you look at the writing on that film it's all kind of kind of from the same angle like that trashy angle and it's it's got a bit of a sex comedy vibe i think as well yeah yeah definitely and i think it's kind of fitting that cat ellinger's got an s um a visual essay in that oh, about she? um edward finnick's like oh, sex comedies so yeah. yeah it was kind of a challenge for me because i had to try and take this film that's quite trashy in some ways and almost like come at it from a, come bit at it from a more, more academic yeah, angle but yeah. I mean, that was really fun so that's my yeah. releases for arrow that are so is that going to be like positive like in the booklet yeah, it's going to be in the booklet, that one. So Fabulous. Official essay and a booklet essay coming up. When's that out in, in America? March. March. I don't know exactly the date, but March, cool. yeah. 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 Oh, it's exciting, isn't it? I know, it's exciting, yeah. And then after that, you're obviously going to be doing a visual essay for the British release of Dial Help. Yeah, of course. Because yeah. somebody's going to pick this up. Someone's got to pick it up. And if they... I'm kind of like... there's really, You know, like everyone has releases they want to work for. I'm like, I will stab someone if I... I will disembowel a monkey. Yeah. From Patrick Lives, back to that reference. If I do not get to do a release of Dial Help or Nothing Underneath slash Too Beautiful oh, to Die. They're my underneath. like. Because I kind of like to focus on the 80s films because they don't have a lot of attention. They don't have a lot of attention, but the style in them is so unique as well. Yeah. I think like the problem is a lot of people say, well, we don't like the 80s films because they've not got that pop art vibe. But to me, like, the whole point is like if you're in interested in style and like style evolution of like you know people say they like italian films because they're stylish well style changed quite drastically between it's not just stuck in one decade yeah those periods so they are stylish films they're just very 80s like people always seem to kind of criticize things for being too 80s but they're really kind of nice examples of that style god nothing could ever be too 80s i know right it's like so they're my kind of ones that i want to work on in the future i thought that other one so you introduced me to nothing underneath and i really loved it yeah that's the one with the with the soundtrack that's a lot like um body double body double yeah because you were coming to me and i was like kind of second guess myself because you said oh it's like so similar I, i love that but you also introduced me to the other one with virginia hay in it called um, oh, path, um uh, pathos or obsession a taste for fear yeah that one yeah where we need to see that because that that looks i've only seen it on youtube really grainy and the color Same. the colors in that are amazing i would love to see that given like a remaster yeah that would look amazing yeah and that's another kind of example that's really kind of obsessed with design and yeah Setting really... the world of fashion again, isn't it? Yeah, so yeah. there's quite a lot of like 80s films set in the fashion world, yeah. and like none of them seem to have any sort of release or yeah. upcoming release. I think they're kind of a lot of people that like Jali, they tend to like the 70s stuff, so I think yeah. it's a kind of a turn off some of the yeah. 80s stuff. But I really hope we do see kind of films like Dial Help get a release in the future. Yeah, I haven't seen anything that you've told me about from the 80s that I've, that I've not liked. That's good. So far. Yeah. 
you know, I've, I've really enjoyed it. Have you seen Midnight Ripper? No. Yeah, you should watch that. I'd love to know what you think of that. Yeah. That's a good one, yeah. Maybe that'll be our next one. There you go, yeah. Podcast. I can start, like, hitting the 80s films up. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah. Um, well, this has been fabulous. It's been worth the trip to Edinburgh to, to <laughs> get meet you properly, finally. Yeah. Um, and I said I wasn't having any more booze after our, after my two-day hangover, but Rachel's already got me on my second beer, so who knows where this is all going And now end. we're going out for dinner. Now we're going out for dinner. So you just never know where it's going to end. Never know. Um, but thank you so much. I really look forward to seeing your work on Arrow thank and Indicator. Um, and also, so what's the address of your blog again? Uh, com. I think. Just have in hypnotic crescendos and you'll find It'll it. come up. And where are you on Twitter? What's your... Um, Rachel, spell R-A-C-H-A-E-L, underscore Nisbet, N-I-S-B-E-T. Yeah, that's me. You type in Rachel Nisbet, you'll find me. And I do loads of, like, Italian genre stuff on there. She does. When I'm too lazy it's to an, do actual yeah. proper content. I just do it there. Give it a follow. And um, I'm at Johnny Larkin. You can also... You can get Screaming Queens on Facebook now. Screaming Queens with a Z. Just search for us on Facebook. Thank you so much for listening. And I will be back with the other three queens causing trouble and mayhem in the next fortnight or so. Can't wait. Yeah.